0: more than a convenient faith or a convenient faith. We're going to turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter seventeen. And tell me when we're ready to go, Brother Joe. All right. Well it's good to have everyone come back with us this after for this afternoon service. We're going to take our Bibles, we're going to go to Matthew chapter seventeen. I wanted to see something, and I was perplexed. I didn't know. I knew the topic that I wanted to preach from, but I began to think about the challenges we face as a nation today. I, I love the fact is that we are now serving, or that we're getting to worship the Lord on this in the middle of Memorial Day weekend. But it says in Matthew chapter 17. Let's go down to verse 15. Um, well, let's go back to verse 14. and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, "Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, "O faithless and perverse generation." How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him thither or hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart, and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus saith unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I want us to take verse 21 in particular. And if you will, underline it it where it says, Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. When I think about our country, and we will go in just a moment uh, to prayer, but when I think about our country, I love the fact that we can serve in this country. I I put on the uniform of uh, an airman in the United States Air Force. I served eight and a half years. Before that, my father and his brother served in the Army as medics. And, before, and after that, my uh, future father-in-law, he served in the Air Force also uh, as a flight crewman and later on in radar. But there's just so much that goes on. But as I begin to think about this, I thought about the challenges of the 1920s, the 1930s, and right on up till today, do you realize in the night in 1918 was the end of World War One? And after 1918 had ended, already Europe was reeling from the fact that uh, Germany was now being punished. There had been destruction. There was going to have to be the rebuilding, and there was a national pride that was hurt. The German people have a, a national pride. And yet, during this time frame, you had families that they had the Warring Twenties, and maybe during that Warring Twenties, the churches were very much like today, not nearly as full as they should have been. And there wasn't the excitement for the things of God as there should have been. But then when the Depression began, those young men that were growing up, maybe they were young teenagers, or maybe they were born in the Twenties, and they grew up during the Great Depression, it would be those individuals that would be called upon to go to war come 1941, that they, all those that were born in the early 20s, especially all the way up through uh, the late 20s, they would serve from their age of 18 onward in what we call the bloodiest of bloody, that, that great generation that would fight uh, the, the Germans in World War II. It took a special people to endure the Great Depression. I met a man one time over in uh, North Carolina. And the reality is, he said, I remember having lard sandwiches. And he said, Mom would take a, a little bit of sugar and mix it with the lard. And he said, and she would paste that on bread, and that's what we had for food. And he said, other people talked about the great bread that they might have, or ham or whatever. We didn't have that. And I thought, how could someone survive on that? Well, he did. And then those people that endured the hardship of, of World War II, the fighting and, and the so on and so forth, the reconstruction after World War II, both in Japan and in Germany. We also found that my own father served in Germany while they were rebuilding it. And not only were they rebuilding Germany at the time, you know, during the uh, Korean conflict, he was a medic in Germany. And, you know, I think maybe the, the passion that he had wanted, gave me the desire to want to be in Germany as well, to serve in, in that country, to know a little bit more about what the what, what was going to happen in that country. And later on, I remember, and most of us do, the atrocities of Vietnam. And I want to bring... Vietnam amazingly at this point. Do you realize Vietnam was a police action per se, very similar to the Korean War? But for the first time, the the media, and I am dead set against the, the news media, I'll just go ahead and say that I have a problem with news media, because the fact is, is they began to report only the atrocities the Americans were doing. They now didn't talk about the, the war in which kids would have bombs strapped to their bodies and go into the midst of Americans and literally blow themselves up so that they could destroy Americans. And so the reality is, is that all of these things became just just terrible hardships on all Americans, on all Americans. And yet when I, I remember seeing the stories how that when the soldiers came back, they were not welcomed with fanfare. They were welcomed with bottles and hatred and people that were literally spitting in their faces when they came in. To have our military humiliated that way, and I am a Vietnam-era vet, though I never served in Vietnam. I can only tell you that our country was tainted from that moment on. But then I began to think about something. This is my memorial. But we are facing a time where we're listening to the media, and we're listening to television, and it's giving our directions. In fact, may I point this out to you? That what our media began to do in the newsroom became the lifestyle of of America today. And so when Jesus says, you have no faith, the reality is is that you're like the world, and because you're like the world, you have no faith in yourself, nor faith in God, nor faith in anything else. And that's the way it should happen. Reality is, we are a faithless generation. We are a people of convenient faith. Now, I have talked about repentance. I have preached on re- on faith. And I am now preaching to you about the convenience of our faith. But as we do so, and for those that are... today, I want us all to think about how important it is that we are in a lifetime of great evil... And we have a great responsibility to be the light to the world. Let us pray. Father, again, I want to thank you for the good that you can bring to us. And help us, dear Father, to know not only the truth, but that we might take the truth in the hand that you give us and be the people that you would have for us to be today. I know this, that within myself there's nothing good. I know that, Father. I know that I struggle. I know that I am just an individual that has to face the hardships of life. And yet, Lord, I pray that I would not be cold and indifferent to the need of others. But, Father, that I might be able to sit down and to listen to what is given to me on a regular basis. Help me, dear Father, to be the man of God that I should be. Don't let me be the judgmental person. But, Lord, let me be a faithful man unto you in all things now Lord I need your strength I need your knowledge I need your recall I need all this for us to be able to understand the things that are mentioned in scripture today so guide us and bless and help us dear father to be the men and women of God that we should be and may we give you all the honor the glory and the praise in Jesus precious name Amen I very seldom ever listen to the news. I made comment on that in the early hours. I don't like listening to the news because as soon as I do, it's not news at all. One of the things at the end of World War II, a a particular uh, BBC artist had gotten up and he goes, I have nothing to report today. There's no news. And he said, instead what I want to do is just play music. And so for the time... That he was supposed to be reporting on the news, he just played the music. Now understand, we've always had people that uh, saying, "Well, are we on the right side? No, are we?" going to be subject to the criticisms of the world brother randy uh, coffee and myself were talking earlier today and i received a, a particularly hard email and i'm thinking what did or a text i should say and i thought what did i do to create such angst against me and i was reading through all of this and it was like uh, you're mad at me you don't want anything to do with me because you're not accepting who i am Let's just stop there for a moment. What do I accept of an individual? Do I accept that they need the Lord? Do I accept the fact that that I need to be a preacher to them and an example to them? Do I accept the fact that I must be a student of God's word as well? All the things that I can think of that is accepting an individual, I can. But the reality is, and I didn't even get to point this out to you, But one of the things that was such a challenge to me, especially as I've been studying Daniel, was Daniel was desiring to serve the Lord in an evil, evil place. And the reality that I find in the book of Daniel was that he was now facing the river Hedekah. We're going to get into that next week, Lord's willing, which is the river Tigris. Where the city of Babylon occurred, it was in one of the narrow spots between the Tigris and Euphrates River. Very much like the land between the lakes is over in, in Kentucky right now. And as you went into that particular area, you begin to hear a little bit more of what Daniel was facing. The evil of Babylon. I remember a friend of mine went to Babylon many, many years ago, and he said, just walking into that ancient city of Babylon, the evil is a presence you can feel. Now, I don't know about you all, but I am not in that place in my life where I can feel all the evil around me. I think that we have a little sanctuary here, and I can come to this place, and I can enjoy the things of God. But do you realize that every time I turn on the television, I'm inviting evil to come in and it slants the way I think? It does. Whether it's the news, whether it's the TV program.
1: The other thing that is evil.
0: Now, many people are saying this, are you calling me evil? Let's call the critter for what we see. If it is black, if it is sinful, To sink in. I had one of the criticisms that came to me was that because Jesus did not do a public outcry during his It speaks of what those folks were going to face. This is going to be the Greeks. And the Greeks understood very little. To this to you. Turn with me, if you will, to the Levitical, Leviticus chapter 18. We can also find this also in chapter 20. This was part of the Levitical law that the Jews still had during the days that Jesus walked upon the earth, during the days of the Pharisees as well. Notice if you will, in, Matthew, in uh, Leviticus chapter 18, let's go down to verse 22 and notice what it says. Thou shalt not lie
1: with the it is an abomination. Neither shall
0: It says in chapter twenty, and once again, everyone wants to really hate be a be a hater on me because I want to follow what God has to say. Notice what it says in verse thirteen. It says, "And if a man." Only wickedness, they shall be burnt with fire both he and they, and there shall be no wickedness among you. And if a man lie with a beast, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall slay the beast. The reality is, is that this is God's word. It's not my Prater's opinion. So when Jesus came, everyone's looking for, well, what with religious control, not understanding of the grace of God. And the reality is that one of the things that I look is that when you understand the aspect of the Jewish law, there is a difference in what we call the Greek law. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The Greeks did not have the same laws as the Jews. Bessiology the was practiced all over the place. There, the infeminate attitude was, was all over the place. There were things that were not right nor given all over the place. Now here is Corinth. It had been trained up in the Greek nature but look what Paul says to them beginning in verse 9. Know ye not that the shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Here's the thing. I need to devote myself to tell others of Christ. How can I tell others of Christ unless I am separated to God first and foremost? I I don't want to get into the political action, so I'm going to be... Even the Roman Catholic said, you give me a child for over 12 years of age and they will be Catholic for life. You give me a young child and let me teach them the work ethic. Let me teach them cleanliness. Let me teach them the right foods. Let me teach them the things of God. And I guarantee you, those things will be important to them the rest of their life. That doesn't mean that they're going to always do right, but they will know what's right. Let's go on. Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters nor
1: idolaters <inaudible> nor
0: through the, the, and which includes us as well. But look what he says in verse 11. And such were some of you. Do you realize there were drunkards? God saved them. There were thieves? God saved them. There were people that were homosexual? God saved them. As he saved them, he changed them as well. Now that doesn't give me a right to go in and start slamming and start demanding their death or anything else. I'm sorry, it doesn't give me that right. What it gives me the understanding is I need to go into the, into the community and tell everyone about Jesus Christ. And as Christ entered into... me show you what I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 17, and and I'm not trying to be on a hobby horse, I promise you I'm not. I know my own failures. I know my own desires. I know what I want. But is my wants in line with Christ? That's the question I have to ask. Look at verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, where's my faith? I want to give you a-, a-, a strong course of reality. I have a responsibility to tell others of Jesus Christ. When I go into the community, there are many people that they know who I am, even people that I work with, and out of respect, They don't want to use curse words or anything else. I had a man ask me this past Friday as I was working. He goes, Are you preaching Sunday? I said, Every Sunday. I said, I preach the Word of God every Sunday. And he said, How do you do it? I went, What do you mean, How do I do it? Well, you hear all of the cursing, things like that. I said, It gives me fuel for the fire. But do you realize how much stronger I would be if my faith would carry me to tell them of Jesus Christ. How much greater would be my faith if the opportunity came to allow my back to be whipped so that I would be imprisoned in stocks and in chains and begin to sing the mercies of God and then there's a jailer that needs to be reached for Christ. Think about it. Do you realize that if you read the history of the the Christians of the Piedmont Valley, and we're talking about the Albigenses, when they were facing certain death, there would be one person that would go to the youngest child and they would say, either deny Christ or watch the child die. They would not deny Christ and they watch that child die. Then they would go to the next one, deny Christ. the man himself and say either deny Christ or die and he goes by God's grace I shall live they were willing to give of their life because of their faith here is Jesus Christ. What does he say to them? You have unbelief. You think it's going to be easy to go up and say well, Do I have the faith to cast out demons? The answer is no. Should I have faith? According to the word of God, yes. Wouldn't it be wonderful if at the right time when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, speak against this one individual so that I might bring cleansing, I would have that understanding right then and there? I preach the gospel. Should I wants me to do? I should be willing to give up those luxuries. If I, if I, would that be enough?
1: What if I?
0: As a country, but as a country, we want to give honor to demons and not to Christ. And that, for that reason, I'm asking everyone today to consider the importance. And that's in verse 21. How be it this kind? What are you getting ready to face? We already faced COVID. I guarantee you that there is evil like we've never seen before. If I should ever run for office, God forbid, and if I should ever run for office, I would love to take my old Bible and say, this is the one I want to put my hand on. When my right hand is upon the Bible, then I would swear to withhold and to uphold the Constitution of the United States as God would allow me to do so. But we are now living in a time where people saying this, give me the Koran, and we'll allow them to do it. Give me a comic. One young man literally took the office by placing his hand upon Superman comic books. And we didn't see anything wrong with that. There should have been a public outcry, like nobody's business. This is how. I told this to a group of people a long time ago. Our Constitution is a wonderful document, and the light of the Bible. But take the Bible away, and it becomes a condemning document. It's a strangling document. It's a wicked document. And for that reason, we need to spend time in prayer. Wait a minute. And fasting. You know what I discovered a long time ago? When I fast, Satan just, and maybe, maybe it's not even Satan, maybe it's just my mind. I began to think about all the benefits to myself. Do you realize that when Jesus went into the wilderness, he prayed and fasted for us? When Daniel went and fasted for 21 days, he did it to have an understanding from God. Praying and fasting as Christians, as believers in Christ, should always be, Lord, let me be what you want me to be. I made mention last week that Elisha had such a strong relationship with God that he could pray and literally as he could pray he could say, Lord, open the eyes of my servant so that he can see what we're surrounded with. And his eyes were opened. How many of us have that kind of faith? Do you realize... I want to pray Lord open our eyes to the evil that is in this place and then open our eyes to the holiness that's in this place one of the things we're going to see Lord's willing next week Daniel prayed and as Daniel had his eyes open a hand touched him and said, I was sent 21 days ago for your benefit. You were praying on the first day, I was sent on the first day. We don't know whose hand it is that's upon him, but that hand was there and he said, and I was sent, but I was withstood. Do you realize that Satan wants to bring charges against you all the time? And it says that he is the accuser of the brethren. And Lord, if we were all honest, that's where we would begin. Lord, let me... I would be like David in his youth. That I would be like the man of God that I should be. When it's my time to depart, as even the Apostle Paul would say in 1 Timothy chapter 4, I'm ready. I'm ready. And there is waiting for me a crown. There is waiting for me a crown. Our faith is never a convenient one. And it's interesting to me how that one person can cause us to fly. Verse 15 once again said, Lord, have mercy on my son. Your Christians couldn't do it. Will you do it? Your Christians wouldn't do it. You know, really, it should bother us when people have made all these comments that they're going to do something but reality is, is in the privacy. I need to be more like a George Mueller. I need to be more like, like those individuals that understood faith from a real common core. I need to be like that, like, like Charles Finning when he would literally lay his umbrella upon the pulpit in Ohio at Oberlin College when he began to say, evidently I'm the only one that believes God can send rain because I'm the only one that brought an umbrella. And they said that as he began to preach off in the distance, they could hear the thunder roll. And by the time he finished preaching,
1: the water was covered down to the ground. The ground was literally now
0: just pools of water. do we want that? Where is our faith? Our faith needs to stop being convenient and it needs to be dependent upon Christ. Well, I gave you all the whole belly, hay. <laughs> but I pray that God will use these things to help us to understand His mercies. Let's be dismissed in prayer. Father, again, I want to thank You for Your mercies and Your goodness. Lord, I'm a pitiful example of what a pastor should be. But Lord, I want to thank You for allowing me to be the pastor to thank you for the message that you laid upon my heart. I want to thank you, Father, for disturbing my rest and my sleep so that I might do that which is right and holy in your sight. Help me, dear Father, to be the man of God that I should be. Help me, dear Father, to be ever strong in you no matter what. And Lord, let me not forsake your goodness and your will. So lead and bless and provide for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. May God bless. We're dismissed.